What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Hawks on the Hardwood, part of the Track Star Sports Network. So, there hasn't been very much going on with the Atlanta Hawks this um, week. It's not a lot of interesting things going on. However, it does seem like Kent Bazemore is drawing a lot of interest, specifically from the Rockets and Pelicans. So they've been offering um, the Atlanta Hawks some trade offers so that they can take our veteran um, shooting guard and put them on their own team. So I think it's pretty um, relevant that I would go ahead and delve into Kent Bazemore a little bit and also touch on these trades and why and why Travis Schlenk is not biting on these trades, but instead seemingly right now at least until we get better offers, he's opting to keep Bazemore on the Hawks. But first, before we get into all of that, I want to tell you about a great app for your podcasts. Specifically, if you have an Android device, the Podcast Republic app is an amazing app that will get all of your podcasts just a click away. You can select certain podcasts' favorites and have them available for you to listen to. So go ahead and download that app right away. Again, the app is called the Podcast Republic app, available for your Android devices. But first, let's get into this episode. All right, so let's talk about Kent Bazemore a little bit. Of course, we know that he's the Hawks' starting shooting guard. He's a quintessential 3 and D type player. He's 6'5", 200 pounds, around 200 pounds. He's a fairly athletic wing. He averages about 13 points per game, 4 rebounds, 44% from the field, and nearly 40% from 3. So you know he can shoot. That's pretty good. He can also put it on the floor, and he can score also. He's a great leader in the locker room. He's a very good veteran presence for the team. He's a valuable asset, but to me, I think Bazemore's best attribute is actually his defense. Ryan Davis, a writer for the Sports Cheat Sheet, um, two years ago, he actually had Bazemore ranked as the sixth best defensive player in the entire NBA, tied with LaMarcus Aldridge. So that's that's a pretty big, um, pretty big deal right there. Well, this year, actually, he's actually, in my opinion, a much better defensive player. He actually posted a defensive real plus minus of .96, which was the sixth best of all NBA shooting guards right above our newest Hawk, Vince Carter. My only issue actually is Bazemar, his contract. It's a little bit, it's a little bit too lucrative, in my opinion. Now you have to understand that his contract was drawn up in a year where players were just getting massive, massive contracts. So he's making about 18 million this next season. <clears throat> then he has a player option to get him about 19 million the season afterward. Overall, it's a 70 million dollar contract over four years. Now Considering the circumstances, yes, it is a bad contract, but because it was drawn up in 2016, it's not a horrible, horrible contract if you if you can look through the overall scope of what was going on in 2016. If you don't remember, in 2016, the salary cap skyrocketed because the NBA signed a $24 billion TV deal. So since the sky, the um, salary cap just skyrocketed and was just extremely large that year, pretty much everybody that had a contract drawn up in 2016 were receiving very lucrative contracts. Well, when he signed a $70 million contract in 2016, 
Both the Rockets and Lakers actually offered him $72 million for four years, according to David Aldridge. Now, he did reject that, and he decided to turn down that little bit of money, that $2 million, because he wanted to stay with us in Atlanta. But it seems like the Rockets are still coveting Bazemore because now they're trying to get him via trade. There's just been a lot of rumors that he is going to... He is being pursued by Houston. Now, in order to make the numbers work, Houston has to trade away Ryan Anderson. Now, the thing is, is Ryan Anderson is a few is a step down from Kent Bazemore. He's not as good. He's he's a power four, but he only averages one more rebound per game than Bazemore. He's not as good of a shooter. He is a defensive liability. Bazemore is a defensive specialist, very good at defense. Ryan Anderson actually had a real plus minus of negative 1.96. So he's not good at defense. So there's that. But my main issue, actually, um, if we decided to trade Baysmore for Anderson, which doesn't look like we're going to do, is that we have to take on Ryan Anderson's contract, which is actually worse than Kent Bazemore's because, like I said, Bazemore is getting $70 million over four years. Ryan Anderson is getting $80 million over four years. So we're still going to be stuck with his final two years, which instead of getting about $18 million with Bays- having to pay $18 million and then $19 million for Bazemore, it'll be about $20.5 million and then the following year $21 million dollars for Ryan Anderson. So this doesn't make any sense at all to trade Ryan Anderson for Kent Bazemore straight up. So of course Houston has to sweeten the pot a little bit. They're going to have to add a little bit more to make this more palatable for the Atlanta Hawks. Most likely that's going to be a first round draft pick because that's what Atlanta is really seeking right now since we're trying to rebuild through the draft is draft picks. And really Houston, they don't have very many young players that that we're going to value. So it has to more than likely be a first round draft pick. This is the thing. Houston's first round draft picks over the next few years are not going to be high picks. We know they're trying to compete. I mean, they won 60 games, over 60 games last season. So if we get a first round draft pick from Houston, it's probably going to land around 25, 26 27 something like that it's not going to be a high draft pick so is it really worth giving up Kent Bazemore's defense and his other assets taking on more money for that draft pick I just don't think so doesn't seem like Schlenk thinks so either because he hasn't pulled a trigger on the trade now New Orleans is also looking at Kent Bazemore but unlike Ryan Anderson where We didn't straight up just say, no, we're not interested in Anderson and his horrible contract. We just straight up said, apparently, that we do not want what they're offering, and that would be Solomon Hill. So New Orleans wanted to offer a Solomon Hill, and I'm guessing also a first-round draft pick. But Travis Schlenk said, no, we don't want Solomon Hill. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Solomon Hill. He is he hasn't been playing good. He's not as good as Ryan Anderson. He shot about 35% from the field and 19% from three. 19%. That's really bad in a um, league right now. Um, today's league, we really need we really value three-point shooters. So 19% from three is not good. He got about 15 minutes of playing time. He was really he really contributed 
pretty minimally when it comes to points and rebounds. Didn't do too much at all. Now, this is the thing. So, yes, he will make us worse if we get Solomon Hill. He'll make us even worse than um, if we traded um, for Ryan Anderson. However, he would help us with financial flexibility because he's getting paid significantly less than Kent Bazemore at $12 million per year. He also has only two years remaining in his contract. So going this route and going with Solomon Hill, it makes us worse but gives us more financial flexibility. So that's one strike. We won't win as many games, but we get more financial flexibility. So it's kind of interesting why Travis Schlenk was seemed, um, according to reports, a little bit more adamant against Solomon Hill and New Orleans offer, especially since New Orleans draft pick would be um, higher up than, than he was against um, Houston's offer. Because, like I said, Ryan Anderson will make us worse in regards to record and worse in regards to financial flexibility. Solomon Hill will make us worse according to our record, our uh, win-loss record, but he'd make us better in regards to financial flexibility. So it seems like, especially since we want to be worse, um, if we are tanking, we want to be worse possibly this season so we can get a higher draft pick. The common sense, if you're in full tank mode, thought would be, let's go for Solomon Hill. We'll have less... Um, we'll have more room in cap space and we'll also have a worse record so we can sign players. So this is interesting to me. It seems Slank was not lying when he said that he wants to rebuild through the draft but still not go for like a hard Philly-style tank. Well, not completely at least. I mean, if he was going the full tank route, he would value Solomon Hill, in my opinion, more. Because, like I said, he gives us more financial flexibility. That's a plus. And he also makes us worse, which is a plus when the draft comes. The fact that he apparently rejected Hill outright, but not Ryan Anderson, to me shows that we really do, we actually do want to put a decent team on the court while we rebuild through the draft. We want to win some. But we also want to lose some. It's a fine line and a tough line to straddle. But apparently Schlenk wasn't just blowing hot air when he said this back when he was first hired. He said we wanted to be a competitive team but still rebuild through the draft. Which raised a lot of eyebrows and most people just kind of dismissed it as him just lying. Because how can you rebuild through the draft and be competitive? Like that is completely opposite of what Philly tried to do. When Philadelphia, when I say a hard Philly style tank, because Philly, they try to lose, lose and lose horribly in hopes of getting a high lottery pick consistently. They're always shooting for that very first pick. So my question is, is Atlanta hoping to lose, then win some, be fun to watch, possibly lose some more and grab other teams picks and trades and hopefully have our own pick be around like a top 10 is this happening now because we feel Trey Young is probably going to be our elusive franchise player that we've been trying to get for many, many years? So there's really no need for us to get a top three pick anymore? I, I don't know. thing is, is, is this a bad idea? Is this a really dumb move by Schlenk to actually put a somewhat competitive, somewhat, we're still going to be bad. Please don't think that I don't, I think that we're going to win like, you know, 
40 games or something. We're still going to be a bad team in my opinion. As much as I love the Hawks, we are rebuilding. We're still going to be bad. But he doesn't seem to be going all in. Like going all, all into a straight up hard tank. Like straight up tank mode like Philly did. Where it was extremely obvious. Is this the smart way to go? Well, I think what Travis Schlenk is doing makes a lot of sense. I don't think you necessarily, to rebuild through the draft, you don't necessarily have to go straight up all the way on, full speed ahead, tanking. I don't think you have to. And for me to illustrate this, let me give... Let me give some background. I'm going to give a story real quick, okay? An analogy, I think, would help. But first, let me give some background um, to the story. Um, so when I was saving up for college, I actually worked as a janitor for, for a summer. And what I did at, when I worked as a janitor was I re-waxed floors. So in order to do this, we had to strip off the old wax with what was called wax stripper. And anyone who knows and has to deal with wax stripper knows that it is extremely, extremely slippery. So bear with me. I know you might be thinking, what does this have to do with the Atlanta Hawks? Just bear with my analogy and maybe you'll get it, okay? So this extremely, extremely slippery wax stripper, I mean, if you're an inexperienced and young janitor like me, you're going to fall. You're going to fall on it. It's just going to happen. So on to the analogy. Let's say there's a janitorial company, and let's just call it, I don't know, the NBA. And this company decides to hire two new, young, and inexperienced employees. Let's call them the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks, okay? And let's say that this janitorial company specializes in rewaxing floors. So, of course, these two young and inexperienced employees are likely going to slip and fall down a lot. Well, this company, the NBA, decides that since they're going to fall down a lot, they probably should give some incentive to keep them from work to keep them working. So he says to the Atlanta Hawks and the Sixers, the janitors, that he is going to give them a thousand dollars every time that they fall down. After that, they're both placed in separate rooms and they're told to go start, you know, stripping wax for the rest of the summer. And then there it is. Okay, so one team starts, um, one employee starts stripping the wax, and since there's an incentive of a thousand dollars each time he falls, of course he keeps falling down on purpose. I mean, it's very, very obvious that he's falling on purpose. He falls so much, the um, supervisor's getting suspicious, the NBA. Um, the janitorial company called the NBA is getting suspicious. People are pointing at them and laughing, and they just keep falling over and over and over and screaming, just trust the process or something like that, okay? The next team, which is called the Atlanta Hawks, or the next employee called the Atlanta Hawks, they're falling also because, you know, it's inevitable that they're going to fall because they're young and inexperienced and they're on a slippery floor. Now, this person doesn't purposely throw themselves on the floor over and over and over, but they're still falling, so they're still getting that $1,000. At the end of the year, at the end of the summer, they both end their shift, and the first guy named 
Philadelphia 76er says, Hey, guess what? I fell 25 times this week and I got $25,000. Isn't that great? What about you? How much did you get? So the next guy said, well, I only fell 20 times. And then right after that, the first guy, he interrupts and says, you only fell 20 times? So I got more money than you. That's great. You only got $20,000. I fell 25 times. I got $25,000. You should have fell on purpose like me. And then the Atlanta Hawk guy, he just interrupts him and say, I didn't just get $20,000. Yes, I fell 20 times, but I actually got $30,000. And how is that? Well, I invested my money in different things like stocks and bonds to make my, my, um, my money grow, you know, my stocks and bonds, let's just call them like the Jeremy Lin and Vince Carter stocks and bonds and like the, you know, the good player development coach (laughs) stocks and bonds, they developed what they had instead of just purposely falling. So if you get my analogy here, that's what I feel like Travis Schlenk is doing. He doesn't feel like he has to keep on falling and losing games and losing games and losing games. He feels like we're going to fall anyways. We're going to lose games anyways because we're young and inexperienced. We don't have to continuously fall on purpose all the time. We just need to invest into our future. So are we tanking a little bit? Yeah, I think to an extent because we're not trying to win now and I guess instead of a full-on Philly tank, it's kind of like a we're investing for the future or we're tanking with some amount of integrity. I think that's more of what Travis Link is doing, and I think this is, um, I think this is a good plan. I don't, I don't have any problem with this. In fact, I prefer it because he's actually putting a product on the floor instead of just trying to beat the system. So I got all of that from not just the fact that he seems he seems to value the Houston offer more than the New Orleans offer, but from multiple other reasons, um, from us putting Taurine Prince in at the end of close games and at the end of last season, which showed that we were not doing like a full on hard Philly style tank. Um, just the fact that this is basically what Travis Schlenk has been saying over and over again anyways. So hopefully my analogy wasn't too long-winded and drawn out and you kind of got what I was trying to say. I don't know if you agree with it or not, but I mean, that's what sports is for, for us to disagree and debate. So if you want to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, I am Jock is my handle. That's I-A-M-J-A-E-J-O-C. Hit me up. We could talk sports, but... That's really all I have to say for today, but that's that's it. Um, one more thing. Um, I did have some people that were kind of really concerned about Jeremy Lin not not going not being on a team that's gonna be in a fully, fully all-out tank mode situation. Um, kind of like the Lakers were when Lin was in the Lakers. Hopefully, this will kind of bring you a little bit more comfort that, yes, in a way we are tanking, in a way we are because we're not trying to win games as much right now. But it is not seem to be like a straight up ridiculous, ridiculous go all out type tank that you've seen in the past from teams like Philadelphia, who was notorious for this for years. Okay, 
So this is the Hawks in the Hardwood podcast. I'm your host, Jay Jock, and I hope to talk to y'all soon. All right, bye.